Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. And today during this Holy Week, we jump back into our season of Lenten stories and, and wrap up really this season of Lenten stories with our final story of Lent. And I'm pretty excited for this story of Lent. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Last week was fun and it was a good kind of diversion, I think, in, in the was. midst uh, of everything. Yeah. Uh, I do have to say I rebelled against Wesley. I ate chips and salsa the night we recorded uh, <laughs> because I needed some chips and salsa. So, oh, were we actually supposed to be <laughs> sticking to those? Because I, oh, I went very, I definitely have not very off. Yeah, I'm <laughs> no. running a lot. I'm trying to, I'm trying to have Matt's week. There you go. One of the That's things I like think is 26 miles that he puts in on a normal week. So crazy. I'm trying to catch up. I don't think I will even before quarantine's over. Yeah, I, I just am not even bothering. Uh, but the thing that I think has been interesting is that one of the things that uh, Kiefer, you wanted to take up was greater amounts of exercise and push-ups and that kind of thing in particular, right? And, and so yep. you adopted, uh, you downloaded an app to how to do a push, 100 push-ups over the course of six weeks. Six and, weeks, yeah. And that kind of became an infectious thing within our staff system. It's the only thing yeah. that stuck from, That's right. <laughs> from the <laughs> yeah. podcast. But it Better than like other things to stick. True. Yeah. We don't want to all be drinking kombucha or whatever. Not really kombucha. We that in <laughs> Topo Chico. But Topo Chico. There we go. Um, some hippie something. We'll see. Um, but yeah. And so, you know, I've got the app now and I'm working on my way toward a hundred pushups in six weeks, uh, as well as the 10 minute plank, which is a little scary because planking for more than a minute at a time right now is, is a difficult endeavor. And how many squats is it? It's 200, I think, is the final. Yes. 200 in the app. That, now, Melissa, you're doing squats too. Are you doing, doing the same squats. app that we're doing or do you know? No, I don't. I, because I was like immediately like, well, I'll jump on this train, but I'm not doing push-ups. So I downloaded just the first kind of recommended yeah. squats app. But this morning I did 80 squats was what I did oh. on okay. day nice. seven. Nice. We, we've you know, the way ours is set up, you get, it's like day on day off, right? You've got a rest day for everything. And so we've got at least a, a, in the Hawkins house, cause the girls are doing it too. All my, the whole family is doing nice. all of it. And so we've got, um, hmm. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are squat days, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday are plank and push up days and everything else is, you know, Sunday is the only day left. It's a Sabbath day of rest and it's all good. Um, so, you know, yesterday was great. I didn't do a thing and tonight will, I don't know. I have to look at the app, see how many squats we're supposed to do. Um, but one of the fun things about this, and I love that it has fallen in this Lenten season is that Lent and quarantine both give us the opportunity and the invitation to, uh, experience life in a different way and, and an invitation to, to take on something new. Uh, and you know, sometimes we're able to fully live into it and sometimes we don't. We may get three weeks into this thing and not be able to uh, do, you know, we may get to six weeks and only be able to do 85 push-ups and, you know, and 170 uh, squats or something. And I'll be honest, that'll be a significant upgrade from where we started. Say, that'll be a win <laughs> for me. <laughs> I'll take it. And so in both of these scenarios, failure and um, both in Lent and in this quarantine thing that we're in, in, in the middle of, failure, you know, fully completing the goal may or may not be um, what is 
set out, right? It may, may or may not, it may not be, be the, the point complete of the point. exercise. Yeah. Yeah. It may not be. And, and, and one mm. of the things I love is Melissa is going to introduce our, our store or Linton story is that, that the honesty and the openness about that truth and that reality that we see in Lauren's story. Um, Melissa, who is bringing our story today? I kind of gave us a little hint just a second ago, but. So today's story comes from Reverend Lauren Christenberry, a dear uh, female clergy friend of mine, but I can't claim her all by myself on uh, this person in particular. I think a couple of y'all have some experiences with Lauren. Yeah, I think we both, all three of us have at least know Lauren, as opposed to some of our most more recent guests. Absolutely. So well, you worked with Lauren for a long time, or I did. I worked with in her your working at, life a long time. Yes, <laughs> I worked with her for uh, my first three years in the church. Uh, were working with Lauren. Well, I guess she she left for about the last six months uh, before I left because she got moved to Keller. But uh, yeah, she was sort of she, we we were both in the student ministries on the student ministries team at First Methodist Mansfield together, and so yeah, uh, I know Lauren. And Lauren also uh, traveled with me to Iona on that trip that we took last Wait, year. Wait, you, you've been to Iona? I know, uh, there it is. Surprise. <laughs> uh, now, well, now, now, Melissa, I got to know, did you ever live in intentional Christian community? Because a lot of people I know, know who've been to Iona have lived in intentional Christian communities. Did you, you ever know, work in campus ministry? Man, is that one know, of the things? It is so wonderful that Lauren Christenberry also happened to live in intentional Christian community. Um, Lauren oh. also is, is Lauren is someone who I love that we have more recently been able to connect and get to know one another. Um, and I love her dearly um, because for the longest time, Lauren and I were people who knew of each other, but we kept passing like ships in the night. When um, she became a student at UTA, um, I was leaving UTA to go to Baylor, um, and that just seemed to be kind of the track. But we finally connected, um, became dear friends, and I loved that when we were brainstorming people that we were going to bring onto this podcast for these Linton episodes, that one of the names that came across all three of our lists was Lauren's name. Yep. Um, and I think that, you know, we didn't get to plot out or plan out in all the original paths and ways that we had meant for these stories to come out. But I think that that's the Holy Spirit's work in the midst of it, because as we've already kind of alluded to, I think Lauren's story hits us beautifully in the midst of this Holy Week um, while mm -hmm. we're recording this, and it hits us beautifully in the double-layered season of Holy Week in quarantine. So won't you take a listen to Lauren's story? Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking about this concept of um, a Lenten experience for a while now and I was asked to share this and I found myself reflecting on the past um, several seasons of Lent and just what I've given up and or taken on throughout these seasons. Um, I've done a lot of things like several years ago I gave up Starbucks for Lent. Um, one year I gave up my hair straightener for Lent. Um, and then last year I attempted to give up Netflix for Lent. Um, please emphasize attempted because I horribly failed at that one. And so this year I found myself thinking a lot about just what I've done in the, 
in the past for the season of Lent, you know, giving up Starbucks, giving up my hair straightener, attempting to give up Netflix. Um, but I was, I was thinking about those seasons and I realized that in all of those seasons, um, as I attempted to fast from one thing, I also, um, added in something that would keep me distracted enough that I wouldn't realize what I'm missing. And so when I attempted to um, to fast from Starbucks and I quickly replaced it with fancy coffee at home, I remember one day I had made my coffee and I had like frost the milk and everything and it was it was so ridiculous. And yes, I wasn't spending money on Starbucks, but I had filled that void with this new habit. And I remember I just went to take a sip of my coffee and I realized that... Um, that I wasn't allowing time to acknowledge a lack in my life, that I wasn't allowing time for just waiting because I had so quickly filled a hole that I was kind of trying to create in my life. And now I don't think that, I don't think that Lent is supposed to be like just this horribly miserable, terrible season, but I do think it is a season where we are supposed to highlight the lack in ourselves. We are supposed to feel ourselves waiting on the Lord. And so when we replace these practices so quickly, it it's our humanness attempting to remove that lack. It's our humanness attempting to um, not have to be patient because I don't know about you, but I am horribly impatient. So I remember that day that I made my fancy coffee and I looked down at it and I was thinking to myself, wow, there is a bigger issue here than just fancy coffee. The thing that I realized that I needed to give up for Lent is not Starbucks, but it is my control over everything. It is my control over what I consume and don't consume. It is my control over what I feel and don't feel and that was a really humbling and awkward experience when I realized that I had been getting this whole purpose of Lent wrong that I had viewed lacking something as a really terrible thing I viewed lack as something that needed to be immediately replaced but really when we acknowledge the lack in our lives it allows us time to wait for God to do what only God can do. When we expose the holes and the spaces in our life, um, we have to completely surrender to God. We have to admit that we are completely reliant on the Lord. And so it wasn't the fact that, that I was giving up Starbucks because I was trying to break a caffeine addiction or anything, but it was acknowledging that there are, there are spaces in my life that I need to expose and it's going to be really uncomfortable. So maybe start with Starbucks. And I realized I wasn't even able to start with Starbucks. Like removing that lack from my life made me so uncomfortable, which then highlighted there are probably a lot of other areas in my life um, that I feel lack, that I'm really trying to cover up. And so for me, actually, um, failing at my Lenten practice 
I think that's something we're supposed to do. If we make it through Lent successful in what we've given up, I, I almost think that misses the point of Lent. I mean, I don't know, some people would probably disagree with this, but I think that when we try to give something up and we fail at it, that failure is not a negative thing. That failure highlights our dependency on the divine. And so every year, I try to give up something, and almost every year I fail. And when I make it through Lent, I'm so proud of myself, and then I end up consuming or taking on whatever it was I gave up. But it's the years that I fail at Lent that I really feel exposed, that I've, I feel like there is something in my life that I need to press into. And so really, when I've failed, I'm able to see the bigger picture which has been a really interesting journey. It's a very uncomfortable journey, highlighting your failure and your lack and retraining your brain that a failure isn't always a bad thing. But our failure, our lack, gives us time to wait for God to do what only God can do. Man, I don't know. I feel like I've felt uh, the way that Lauren feels before where I've had that that moment where I realized like I'm just I've just replaced like mm. the thing I was trying to give up with like a new thing I feel like you that... were about to go in a very different direction of like that uh I fail at Lent all the time because that's oh. my reality yeah times as well. <laughs> I mean essentially yeah I just I know that I've done it's like if you're not if you're doing th- if you do things just to do the thing some like to externally be like viewed as like oh i'm not drinking this kind of coffee now i'm drinking this kind of coffee it looks like a change but is there really a change going on like inside um yeah then it's like i fail all the time at (laughs) doing things because i'll be doing something different on the outside but is it am i really focused on what you know changes occurring on the inside all that kind of stuff so i've 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 felt like i was tracking with what she was saying have y'all ever felt like that yes Absolutely. And I, and I found that for me, the distinction many Lents is between when I know Lent is coming and I have to figure something to yeah. give up, right? Because I'm supposed to, right? That legalistic supposed to yeah, thing yeah. versus the times where my soul knows I need this. And when I need it and I can name it and own it and live into it, then it does not become a thing where I really struggle with the fulfillment of it. But if it's the, well, I'm a preacher and it's Lent and I'm asking people to give (laughs) stuff up or take something on, I better be able to give witness to what I'm doing, right? Both as a Christian and as a pastor, then that's when it becomes, you know, it's grounded in legalism, not in soul need, or as Lauren would say, allowing you to kind of feel that lack, right? Yeah then it it's when it's just legalism it it doesn't it doesn't produce the fruit right right last year for lent i needed to have a soul break post general conference and so yeah i took all of lent off of social media of every type i you know i told melissa Mm -hmm. and the rest of the staff y'all are gonna have on church social media please don't do anything too crazy because I'll see it and hear it, or I won't see it, but I'll hear about it. Um, and, and, but my soul needed that break. And so taking that six weeks off social media was not a problem. This year, I, I fasted 
or we're supposed to fast from eating anything after dinner, right? That mindless eating that comes at the end of the day. Oh yeah. And, and I knew it would be good for me both uh, as a step toward intentionality at the close of my day, but also just as a, you know, don't get fat thing. Um, <laughs> and it worked for a week. And then quarantine happened. Uh, right. And, yeah. and it didn't survive. I feel the like you can end a lot of sentences with that. And <laughs> and, and then quarantine, quarantine happened, happened and the world <laughs> blew up. Yeah, yeah it, it didn't survive the disruption. Uh, and so for two weeks now or three weeks now, I, really the last week I've been good at reclaiming it and bringing it back in because it's taken on a, it's a different meaning than it had at the beginning. But it had that two week window in there where I was eating chips and salsa and you know, whatever randomness existed in the house after the kids went to bed, right? If we could get them to bed at 8.30, then I can eat before nine and not feel too guilty about it. <laughs> Only a little guilty about it, right? But I think that's the- Minor the, guilt. Minor guilt. Yeah. Uh, but that's part of what Lauren's getting at, right? Is when we give, I, I think anyway, when, when it's a, grounded in legalism, right? Grounded in supposed right. to, it doesn't lead- as easily you're going to replace it with like all the hundreds and thousands of rules that the you know that the legalists did to replace the you know and like i love like for me listening to lauren's story also brought up kind of the the beauty of in lent the like most traditional practices of lent isn't just give something up it's Mm. intentionally give something up and then fill that time um and that time is meant to be filled with something of God, right? With some spiritual practice kind of thing. And I love that I felt like her story kind of highlights that we are so naturally going to replace that, whether it's, mm. you know, we're no longer yeah. getting the Starbucks, we're making the Starbucks. But I also loved, and I almost felt this invitation that I think is so powerful, that what does it look like? to replace the thing we've given up with allowing ourselves in a society where everything's instant gratification, right? We, we look constantly, how many likes am I getting? How many replies on the story am I getting? Um, how two day delivery, is that even fast enough anymore? You know, all, Well, I'm bitter. There's some stuff I want to order from Amazon right now. And because they're prioritizing reasonable <laughs> shipping thing, like I'm not going to get it for a month. And I'm like, no, again, right. come on. I mean, yeah. now, let me be clear. When I'm at all reflective about it, I'm not frustrated. But yeah. the gut reaction piece it is kind of like, I am yeah. so used to saying, you know, we're going to need this set of lights for the church, for this new thing we're doing, because this quarantine is going to yeah. go on until Jesus comes. And you're telling me I can't have them until April 26th? Urgh. What does that really mean? I'm well, but the good news now is that them. I mean, we won't need anything for the church until after April 26th. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so what does it look like to craft a spiritual practice of feeling the lack mm. in a society where we get everything that we need or just want? What is that? Like, I felt like that was the powerful invitation of our story is to be okay feeling the lack of something. Yeah. Yeah. It made me think about just like, I mean, fasting in general, I think is maybe more simple than I would want to make it sometimes. It's literally just not doing 
like we, I, th- I think sometimes I just try to do like, what am I going to take on? I like, I like doing that on Lent. Like what, am, what new thing am I going to do instead of giving something up? But when mm. I think about fasting, it is really just straight up not doing a thing that you actually rely on. Like not even, I wouldn't even say, cause like it's eating. You don't rely too much on eating, right? So like the original fat, like Jesus fasting was literally not eating, which is a thing that you live off of and choosing not to do that. Like obviously you're going to feel the lack of the actual thing that you need to survive. But, you know, so when sometimes I think we would water it down to, you know, uh, whatever I'm going to give up, I don't know, I, the snacks after dinner or, or whatever, th- things like yeah. that sometimes, like not to belittle <laughs> yours. I just mean, you know, I think, I think sometimes we do that um, and make it maybe less impactful than what it's mm. meant to be. Yeah. No, I think that you're right. And, you know, one of the things that I think is beautiful about what Lauren invites us into is, is a freedom to own and name um, the times and places where we may have missed the boat, right? Either missed the boat in the fulfillment of it or missed the boat in just picking something that really didn't make a hill of beans worth the difference, right? Um, right. And, you know, that the invitation is something bigger and greater. Um but there's also this great permission to take on the very simple and then embrace the failure. Like mm. if you fail at it, right. That was yeah. the kind of ending piece of it. Like, you know, so like, I think at one point she said, so maybe start with Starbucks. Like, you know, I think there is kind mm. of this image of like how big and how grand of a lit, like how much are you suffering for Jesus this season mentality that you can take on, maybe that's more just among the pastor types or, you know, church staff types that you take that on. You feel that pressure to need to do something bigger than other people are doing. Um, But really sometimes all we need to give up is the most simple thing. And we need to fall flat on our face failing at that. (laughs) Like maybe the, maybe it's like the goal, maybe to give up something that you actually need to survive, like food, like meals and fasting for lengthy periods of time. But yeah, maybe before I can even do that, I have to give up the things that I think I need, you know, to yes. survive like Pokemon <laughs> Go and like all these other, like, you know, things that, you know, are, which by the way, I haven't opened that app in like weeks. Well, this quarantine not happened for me. So. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, <laughs> Jesus. Now I got to tell you that if you can talk Matt and Wesley into doing the same thing, we That's will. That's the thing though. It's because I'm know. here and there in Cleburne and we can't, we can't, uh, feed off raid together yeah, or whatever so. the thing is. Um. Yeah. So, but all that to say, it's like sometimes the it's what's what's in my life that's on that's on the same level as like food as like sustenance mm. that yeah. shouldn't be, and then and getting rid of that yeah. first, I think, would be maybe the point um, of like giving up Starbucks and giving up those things that are a part of our routine and a part of our like psyche that don't necessarily actually give us any spiritual fulfillment or any life at all i think the i think the old school term for that is idols mm. uh, see this uh, is why this is why y'all are the pastors and i'm the yes. keeper <laughs> yes the, the the good old shiny idols the things that get in the way well and i think this particular season is i mean that's even more uh, appropriate I, I say that as I, I have my baylor bear football helmet in the background of our zoom right now right this season where we have no sports, where we have less of sports, I I know it's terrible. Um, Where we have no concerts, where we have no kind of 
none of the big gatherings that we're used to, right? The award shows yeah. that we're used to, the, you know, none of that stuff is happening. All the things right. that, you know, we are in a forced fast from some of the, the idols we don't think of as idols in our lives, right? Or at least we're, we're slow to name that they take a higher place of priority than they probably should. That um, I, I think in, in that way, this is the fast we can't fail at, <laughs> um, which, you know, may or may, since we didn't choose it, may or may not, you know, impact the, the ultimate fruitfulness of it. Well, but I think that's the thing that we can do, right? Like, as we come to the end of a season where we all traditionally try to fast for something, and that season ends on the Christian calendar, right, this Sunday, Right. But our lived reality and our lived experience is that our fasting, right? How many like memes and jokes have y'all seen on the social medias of, uh, okay, God, I didn't mean to give up this much for lit, right? Right. Right. right? Our quarantine fast is going to continue to happen. And so I think it yeah. does give us this extended period of time to either choose to like, be upset and so frustrated at the things that we've had to give up um, or we can choose to take maybe just one of them because I think to take all of them let's just be honest would be very overwhelming uh, because we've yeah, all I, I will so go much. see people face to face after this is all said and done yes um, zoom but, is a great tool and I wish them all yeah. the best but <laughs> yeah yeah the, the extrovert in me needs to see real people. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm going, I'm definitely going crazy. And I'm sure Melissa's going crazy too. Yeah. Oh. Just not being able to go. Saturday evening was my first like real cracking moment where I just had to pause TV and look at my husband and say, we have 26 more days of this. We have 26 more days of this at minimum. And he was just like, I know. And then like I, I say, had that. Watching Tiger King sometimes feels like, you're there with them because yes. it's just so crazy and so real. Yeah. Well, it, and the the thing I love about Tiger King, right? So the Tiger King, it, you know, came to our collective consciousness, came out on Netflix at the same time that the government said they're going to give everybody thirty two hundred dollars, mm-hmm. right, or twelve hundred dollars, depend plus right, depend right. kids and we're thirty four hundred dollars because we have two kids and we don't make more than eight bajillion dollars. Um, or 170 or whatever the number is some you know some number that excludes 95% of preachers um or 99% um but now now I saw something online somebody the other day said you've been telling me that this whole time I could have a tiger for $2000 so now the government has essentially said to humanity here's tiger king tiger. now go buy a tiger yes <laughs> yeah right that's yeah. not the kind of thing we're encouraging people to take on during this please Clinton don't. season. No, yeah, please, please don't. don't. But um, like, what is the what is the Starbucks equivalent in your life that you you physically because of quarantining because of you know safe social distancing practices that you just cannot have right? And what mm-hmm. is that one piece that instead of replacing it with making the what is the co- the whipped coffee that everyone's making at home? Whatever that whipped coffee is that everyone's making on the internet right now, instead of replacing it with that, you know, maybe your coffee ritual is make a very simple cup of coffee 
and sit for two minutes. Or maybe this is a perfect opportunity to wean ourselves collectively off of our (laughs) caffeine addictions as a nation. (laughs) It's a great theory. Um, That idol, I'm not really ready to to set aside. Me neither. I'm just, I'm saying maybe everybody Um, else. I don't know if I could. I, I need I to actually, send you an audiobook I've been listening to about caffeine and our caffeine addiction and oh boy. coffee and all of that. And it is really good and really convicting. And I listen to most of it while drinking coffee. Um, <laughs> I love it. That's so good. If, if I have one vice. That was the, that's mm. the like, me, me and my family used to say that. We used to watch The Biggest Loser. Did y'all ever watch that show? The oh yeah, I've seen show. we we yeah. used to like talk about ourselves like sitting on the couch watching like people uh-huh. lose like hundreds of pounds <laughs> like on TV while we're just like sitting and watching. And the irony of that, drinking the yeah. coffee while wow. listening to the book about why you shouldn't drink coffee. Yes, it's a season of all the ironies. Yeah, I think. Oh, that's good. I think Lent is a very it it calls you it it makes those ironies very like visible. I think, especially when you put a quarantine on top of it, when you're already sort of looking, but then <laughs> you like have to look even yeah. harder at, you know. Well, and, and I know there are, idols. Yeah, and, well, and I know there's been a lot of discussion, especially, I mean, I've got friends who run uh, businesses that have been labeled non-essential, right, by their local governments and, and things like that. And they're wrestling with, you know, how do we take care of our people? And, and you know, recent bailouts make some of that easier, but you still got to jump through all the government hoops and processes and things. But I think this season invites us to ask the question, what is essential on all fronts? Right. Um, you know, yeah. and, and, and our answer, <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently. Um, and you know, I have learned that my, my barber may or may not be essential. Uh, April gave me a haircut <laughs> yesterday. Um, so, Although, you know, I, I think the, the level of anxiety it caused her to attempt, uh, you know, is probably, it's worth the 25 bucks every month to, to have somebody else do it once think, we get back to I normal. I think the church will agree that a barber will be essential for me pretty immediately right. whenever we get out of this. <laughs> I had a haircut scheduled like right at the beginning of this and it got canceled. Oh man. So yeah, it's, it's not uh, Patrick's hair is pretty easy to care for right now. Yeah. Maybe if I like skip the part and I just get to Patrick's length and I don't have to go through all the bad craziness through to get there, then maybe I'll keep it. But maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> it, it is difficult. I, you know, um, you can have just, I'm sure Amazon will sell you a set of clippers and you can just, there's videos on YouTube about how to do whatever kind of haircut you want in five minutes or less. And there's no guarantee it'll be any good. But you know you can have that attempt. Yeah, I don't trust Keeper's myself. face looks so restrained in this moment. <laughs> no, it was so wonderful <laughs> across the Zoom call. That's one of those things that's like I'm really glad that some people are able to just look up a video and cut their own hair. Uh, but I I couldn't do that. I I would definitely mess it up and have to like buzz my head or something like that to to fix it. We, we cut mine a little longer than it normally is with the very expressed intention that if we mess it up long, we can still go a little shorter. Um, but I love point. that this is where we have gotten to, which Isn't might it? be, might be a great like expression of Lauren's story that even when podcasting and focusing on a story, we have permission to fail and get off topic. 
right. it's all quarantine and lint it's all related. quarantine related right <laughs> and this is a natural expression of our desire to talk to humans outside of the humans we live with it's and so true. i think giving people that freedom uh as long as they continue in an environment kind of like we are um over zoom where they're not actually you know having parties at the grocery store or whatever crazy stuff people are doing these days um you know, giving people that freedom to to name that need and and live into and express that is probably okay. Um, we will do our best in the future to not fail frequently at this uh, attempt at podcasting. Um, because I don't think we if we fail at podcasting, I don't think I don't think you can <laughs> fail. I mean, it's a conversation, right? Like it's it was We're always just only just going to be a conversation. That's right. We've just chased all the rabbit trails this morning. Yeah. We have, we have. But that's uh, Anybody have any final points that, that they want to make sure we hear as we get ready to, to put a bow on this thing? It's better to try something and to fail at it because you'll still be better off. You'll, mm. still, you'll still have drawn a little closer to God. You'll still have ticked off a few more push-ups or squats than you could have done before you started. But don't be afraid to start or to try something. I think that's the beauty of Lauren's story. The sevens, the sevens uh, anthem right there. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and and as the resident three, I want to say, give yourself permission to go in knowing that even if there's a likelihood of failure, that it's worth the attempt. Often we we don't want to try something because we know we're not going to be able to do it. And I'll be real honest. I'm not doing a hundred pushups in six weeks. I hope to make it past Easter and be able to crank out 50. And if we can, it'll be great. Um, give yourself that permission. Give that yourself that freedom. We thank you for joining us today on the gather, grow, go podcast. I'm pastor Daniel. I'm pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We just want to remind you that this is a conversation and like today, us getting off and going all through all the rabbit trails and, and wanting to talk to each other because we haven't seen each other in weeks. <laughs> um, we, we want you guys to be a part of this conversation as well. And we want to bring as many people into the conversation that we can. And that uh, requires just a small part of you guys uh, being able to share these episodes and comment and uh, leave reviews and stuff on uh, iTunes and, or Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and, and all the places that we listen to this. Um, but also sharing it with you know your friends and people who don't uh, maybe go to our church or anything like that Uh, we just we want to we want this podcast and this conversation to uh, be open to as many people as possible so if y'all could help us out and leave a review or share it this week that'd be awesome and now that we have gathered together as a gather grow go family this this day uh, may we hear this invitation to grow May may you hear an invitation to grow in in all the places that make you a little uncomfortable, in in all the places that you've been thinking you might been nudged to try, but have been uncertain to do so. All the places where you are wrestling with, are my priorities right in this thing? Is this an idol? May you be open to following that nudge, that movement of God, that Holy Spirit whisper into a new place to try a new thing knowing that you may fail and that's okay but in the attempt you have drawn closer to god and now go receive this blessing this benediction that's meant to be lived out this week
may you stay at home. May you stay at home and know that in the new things you try, God is present with you. May you know in staying at home that in the failures you feel, God is present with you. May you stay at home and know that in the season where idols and quarantines and Lenten practices abound afresh and continued, God is present with you. May you go in peace to the spaces and places of your home. Amen. Amen. Amen.